So we're on floating number 12 today. The previous four verses we've seen have focused on the glory of one who's reached a state of deep and profound awareness through listening. The following four verses talk about the status of people who are described as manne. So let us begin by just looking at the spelling of the word and to try and understand what that word means. So in this verse we'll come across two words that sound exactly the same with a very slight variation. The first word we've come across several times before, which is man, which is talking about the mind. A word with a sihari usually means within that object. So here man with a sihari is within the mind, inside the mind. The second word has a little tippy on top. And that word does not mean mind, that means accepting, man. In Punjabi we might say galaman, accept what I'm about to say. So here in Gurbani the spelling of those two words is slightly different. And there's, with this second word, there's a bit more emphasis on the N sound, man. To accept, to know. And this word man also has some variations. We'll come across at the beginning of this verse the word manne. If the word man means to accept, manne are the people who accept. The word manne are talking about the people who are in this state of mind. In the next verse, we will come across manne. Manne in the first one with a lam. The next verse we'll talk about manne that has a dulam here. Manne is not talking about the people but the benefits of being in this state. Man karke. Manne. So first verse we will talk about manne. This section has four verses just like the sonia. But here the first verse is all about manne, the people. The next three verses about manne, the benefits of being in this state, the outcome of being in this state. What is the result of these people, the state that they're in, what are the outcomes of that? So ju that's just a little bit about what we're going to be covering. Man, the mind. Man, manne, manne is all about accepting. Now if we go back to the previous four verses, 
if we just think a little bit about what Guru Nanak Dev Ji was saying, so much emphasis, so much greatness was given to people who were in this state of deep listening, of awareness through listening. And so much greatness was pouring out for those people, for that state, the benefit of being in that state of mind. And it was talking about people were the equivalent of Isar, Burma, Ind, Sheikh, Peer, Patsha. That is the level that they reach. So you could almost ask the question, if there is so much value that's been given to that state of listening, performing that sunya is so important. If so much can be achieved by listening, then what is the point of going any further? Isn't listening to the Guru's message enough? Because we talked about if you listen just once to the teaching of the Guru, the mind will be overflowing with diamonds and jewels and rubies. And the last four verses have really elaborated on that point. Isn't that enough? In verse 5, we get a little bit of an answer to this question. Guruji says that in order to reach the final goal, there's a combination of Gaviye, Sunye, Manarakiya Pao. So Sunye is just one cog in the larger piece that we have to become. The larger complex dimension that we have to enter. And it involves Gavya, singing, Sunya, awareness through listening, and Man Rakhye Pao, placing. So this is the word Man there. Pao, which is love, within the mind. So this is what Guru Nanak Dev Ji is recommending. That we must allow the final stage, which is for love to penetrate into our ordinary everyday mind. See, our everyday mind is constantly working. It's a very refined, fast-paced machine, constantly churning out new thoughts, new ideas, reminders, memories, coming up with hopes and desires. So the mind is a very busy factory. Guru Nanak Dev Ji is saying that that workaholic Mind needs to have a loving focus. Love needs to enter that mind. Love has to be the driving force for that mind. The main driving force for the mind is usually survival. The mind wants to survive and to succeed. Guru Nanak Dev Ji is saying that love has to be the final driving force for the mind. So, Manne is a person who isn't just accepting of the Guru's message, but has lovingly taking that message on board. 
So how do we lovingly accept the Guru's message? How do we accept what the Guru is saying is the ultimate purpose in our life? Does the Guru just want you to believe him? Is the Guru simply saying, ultimately I'm in charge, ultimately I know best, keep quiet and just accept what I'm saying? Because sometimes it can feel like that. That the Guru just wants you to believe and that you're not really in any sort of state of mind that you can say that I actually know what this thing is. And why is this oneness and this message of the divine and ikunkar and all the wonderful things we've talked about so far, why is it so difficult to accept? Why hasn't this become the driving force in our life? And the truth of the matter is that the world and the people within the world have simply not experienced this non-dual state that Guru Nanak is talking about. Guru Nanak is talking about, right from the beginning, Ik, that me and everything else is one thing. In fact, there is no me, there is only it. And we simply spend our whole lives in a completely different state of mind. Our state of mind is me, myself and I, and everything else is secondary, and everything else is separate from me. This is what we call duality. There is a dual way of living. Dual comes from the word two, that's what it means. There's a split. And we live within that du duality. And Guru Nanak Dev Ji is talking about a completely different state of mind. So how can we accept something that we have never been in, something that we've never accepted, something that we've never known? Maya is the thing that seems real to us. Yeah? Our body seems real. The world feels real. It's all well and good for the Guru to turn around and say, Jagarachana sab hai. Jan leho re meet. Oh friend, know that the world is false. Know that the world is a dream. Supane Sansar, Guru Tegh Bahadur Ji mentions these things in Salok Malanova. That this is all a dream, this is fake, this isn't reality, this is false, this is temporary. But to us, this feels real. And it feels real because of our senses. Because of what we can see with our eyes, we can hear, we can smell, we can taste, we can touch. And because of our senses, our vision of the world is based on these five senses. In Punjabi, we call these senses Gyan Indriya. All the knowledge that we have is based on these senses. Everything that we understand is based on these senses. We call them Gyan Indriya. The senses that are responsible for our understanding of the world. And the Guru is teaching us something that is the opposite of everything that we know, everything that we can touch, everything that we can feel. 
He's teaching us something completely the opposite. And in fact, what the Guru is teaching us feels completely unnatural. Everything that we know and our interaction with Maya feels natural. So how can we accept something we haven't seen? Does the Guru just want you to believe something that you've never known, something you've never seen? But the truth is, you have seen God. The truth is, you are seeing God right now. You are hearing God right now. You are touching God right now. You are tasting God right now. That is the truth. That is the, simply the little switch that has to happen within you. We see it at every moment. It is all around us. It is inside us. It is us. And our problem is that we keep expecting God to be something else. Mr. God. We keep waiting for that guy. When, we've con when we are blinded by the fact that all around us is that guy. But we're looking for some guy. We're looking for a person. We still call him God. And even though Gurbani hasn't used a word like that, we've simply superimposed our vision of God with the word Vaheguru. Vaheguru doesn't mean God. Ikonkar doesn't mean Mr. God. But because that whole idea of God is so ingrained within us, when we say Vaheguru, we look up. Paramatma. We go as far as to calling God Uparwala. When Guru Nanak is saying Andarwala. So Guruji isn't asking you to believe something you haven't known. Guru is simply asking you to change what you know and how you see everything that you know. But all we can see is Maya. Let's think about this word Maya for a second. Maya is a very interesting word that has no equivalent in English. If we wanted to translate Maya, maybe we could say the illusion. Maya is the illusion. The illusion of what? The illusion of separation. The illusion that A is different to B, that I am different to you. That is an illusion. And that illusion feels real to us. We're lost in that illusion. When Guruji is saying that this is a dream, this is fake, he's not saying that the planet Earth doesn't exist. He's not saying that your body doesn't exist. He's saying the simply that the illusion of separation doesn't exist. 
So this duality is an illusion. That is what we call Maya. It is not that you aren't here. It is that you aren't you. Something is here, but it's not you. You are the illusion. Now, when an illusion is finding truth, and the illusion doesn't want to break its own illusion, how will it find the truth? Truth is all around you, but the one searching is stuck in a bubble of illusion. What has to break? The illusion has to break. The bubble has to break, and then the truth that was always there gets revealed. This is what Guruji is talking about. We have to change how we see the world, how we see ourselves, how we interact with the world. Who we think we are is what needs to change. If you don't want to change yourself and you're still looking for God, that illusion will never be broken. When you drop the one looking for God, when you realize that the one looking for God is the problem, and you drop the one looking for God, then all that remains is God. So Guruji isn't asking you to believe anything. Belief has no room in Sikhi. We can categorically say that we do not believe in God. What is the purpose of belief? Belief means to put your faith in something that you don't know to be true. I'll repeat that. Belief means to put your faith in something that you don't know to be true. And that's how all religions and common practice and all of society is expecting you to just believe in God. Guru Nanak Dev Ji's relationship with the divine wasn't a belief. Guru Nanak Dev Ji didn't believe in God. We are believing in the fact that we exist. That is the belief that we hold right now. We believe we exist. That's the thing that has to break. And that's the belief that Guru Nanak Dev Ji is trying to break. This is the Maya that Guruji talks about. You know, it's very easy to think about Maya as everything else, something separate. But you are the biggest Maya. Your very existence is the Maya, is the illusion. And how do we do this? Gaviye Sunye. We have to retrain the one who has the illusion. The mind is trained into this way of thinking. We have to retrain that mind. And that's what Nam and Mantar and Sasa Simran, that's what that's doing. That 24-hour repetition. This is you. This is you. This is you. It's not me. And the people who go deep within themselves 
they listen, they meditate deep within the core of what they are, that deep listening of finding that true self within you. The bit that is needed is for you to move beyond your own maya. This is maya. Yes, it's your body. Yes, it's your mind. Yes, they're the thoughts. Yes, these are your senses. But they're all painting an illusion for you. And you have to go behind that. And that's what that deep listening is talking about. That you go behind, behind the senses, beyond the senses. And you just find what is there when no senses are there. What is there when no mind is there. What is there when no eye is there. When you go deep within yourself and you find through listening what the Guru has already revealed, saying that this is already there. <clears throat> when you find that within yourself and you accept that this is the ultimate reality, this is the ultimate purpose of our life, then you become money. One who has seen it, who has changed the way they think, through experience, not through belief, through experience, they've known themselves to be more than this illusion. They become money. And that is why Guruji begins this first line by saying, Those people, money ki gat kahina jai. Let's be careful of the pronunciation here. The first verse is manne. It has a lam. Manne. The second verse in this series is manne. The difference is manne, manne. Lav, dulam. So here we're saying manne. Manne is the one who constantly understands, who constantly knows, and who has lovely, lovingly accepted the truth within themselves. Manne is the one who has lovingly accepted the truth of their true nature. The word gat comes from gati. It means the level or the status. You might use the word avastha, that spiritual level that they are at. Guru Nanak Dev Ji says, Manne ki gata kahi na jai. It cannot be described what level these people are at, what status they have, <clears throat> what state they have reached, what level they have reached. Manne ki gata kahi na jai. So the accepting one's status cannot be described. If we have to translate that line. The accepting one's status cannot be described. This is the ultimate level. An interesting thing to notice, how much description Guruji gave for Surya. Sonia Isar Barma Ind. Sonia Sid Pir Surnath. Sonia Atsat Ka Isanan. 
ਸੁਣਿਆ ਸ਼ੇਕ ਪੀਰ ਪਾਤਸ਼ਾ ਸੋ ਗੁਰੂ ਜੀ ਗੇਵ ਅ ਲੋਟ ਆਫ ਡਿਸਕ੍ਰਿਪਸ਼ਨ ਆਫ ਥਿਸ ਸਟੇਟਸ ਆਫ ਡੀਪ ਲਿਸਨਿੰਗ ਬਟ ਮੰਨੇ ਇਜ਼ ਬਿਯੋਂਡ ਡਿਸਕ੍ਰਿਪਸ਼ਨ ਬਾਈ ਲਿਸਨਿੰਗ ਡੀਪ ਵਿਦਿਨ ਥੈਮਸੈਲਫ ਬਾਈ ਹੈਵਿੰਗ ਸਚ ਅ ਪ੍ਰੋਫਾਊਂਡ ਅਵੇਅਰਨੈਸ ਆਫ ਹੂ ਦੇ ਆਰ they've reached such a level such a depth within themselves they've experienced all of oneness of themselves they know the true reality of who they are and they've accepted that that is what they identify themselves as in fact they don't identify with themselves at all they only identify with that atma within them and the how do you then describe the drop of water that has dissolved itself into the ocean that is no longer the drop of water it is just ocean how do you describe that drop anymore you can't because they're not there they cease to exist at that point they are now universe manne ki gat kahi na jaye and think about the line just before this nanak pagta sada vikas it's the pagats who are at this state why are they at this state the word sada there is very important <clears throat> this isn't just talking about people who have gone there and come back this is talking about people who have reached that level and are constantly at that level nanak pagta sada vikas all the time every moment forever they are constantly there guru nanak dev ji is talking about those people that their level cannot be described they're always in that state of awareness je ko kahe piche pachta hai je ko if one kahe tries to describe if one tries to say it piche pachtai they repent they retract they regret pachtai means to almost suffer in regret and piche pachtai they will go back on what they've said they will retract what they've said if one describes je ko kahe they retract and repent repent is is a stronger word than regret regret means i shouldn't have done it repent means a deep sorrow for having done something why why should somebody feel such deep regret for just trying to describe the status of the one See, it's only when you embark on an impossible journey, when you start that journey, only then do you realize the extent of your mistake. Before you start that, if you start something completely impossible, before you begin, you think it's possible. Only once you try and you walk down a path that is completely impossible, only then do you realize the extent of your mistake. So they have to have begun in order to realize how difficult this is how impossible it is and what are they trying to describe manne ki gat the status of these people the level that they're at they're trying to describe that 
And all description of this level will be inadequate, will be inaccurate, will be insufficient. And let's take a very simple example of this. We've all tasted the sweetness of a strawberry. But if I ask you to describe, tell me the taste of a strawberry. Can you do it? You know what it tastes like. But can you describe it? You might say to me, it tastes like a fruit. Well, which fruit? There's lots of different fruits. Does it taste like a mango? Does it taste like an apple? Does it taste like an orange? You say, no, it doesn't taste like any of these. You might say, it tastes sweet. Well, what kind of sweet? Is it sugary sweet? Is it sweet like honey? Is it sweet like chocolate? You say, no, it's none of these. What is the one way for me to explain to you what a strawberry tastes like? I have to give you a strawberry and say, here you go, try it for yourself. This is why Guruji talks about the Pagats being in a state of gunge ki mithyai. The word gunga is somebody who's mute, who just simply can't speak. When they taste something sweet, mithyai, how do they express it to you? What can they say? They have no words to say it. Maybe just by looking at the smile on their face, you can get some idea of what they're going through. But unless you taste it, you cannot know that experience. And that's simply about tasting something sweet we find impossible to describe. Maybe at one point in the future, some scientist will be able to accurately describe what that taste is like. Maybe. But if we're struggling to describe the taste of something sweet, how can we describe the state of being that somebody who has dissolved their ego into the ocean of the oneness, how do you begin to describe? Guru Nanak Dev Ji says, they can't be described. I'm not even going to try. If somebody else tries, they're going to regret it. He doesn't say, if I try. He says, I already know I'm not going to try this. I can't. But if somebody tries it, they'll realize the severity of their mistake. Now let's think about this further. If somebody tries to describe this state and they've not experienced it for themselves, what value is there in what they're saying? If I've never tasted a strawberry and I'm trying to tell you what it tastes like because I've read all the books about strawberries and I've grown strawberries and I've seen other people taste strawberries and I've made a note of all of their thoughts, if I've never tasted it, what value do my words hold? Even the one listening will turn around and regret wasting their time on somebody who's trying to describe something that they haven't even tasted. The one saying it will realize, actually, I don't know what I'm talking about. The one listening will realize this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. So if you don't know what you're talking about and you try and describe this whole status, 
it's useless. Even if you know what you're talking about, even if you've tasted, even if you've been there, even if you are the Bhagats, as soon as they open their mouth, they realize, I can't say it. I can't describe this. Even they will regret. Because as soon as you say something, you realize how wrong it is, how limited language is. Anybody who tries to explain this will regret. Kagad kalam na likhan haar. The word kagad here has a sihari, which means onto paper. On paper. It's not talking about paper, it's talking about on paper. Yeah? A word with a sihari is either in or on or with. Kagad kalam. Kalam means pen. Kagaz means kagaz means paper. Na likhanahar. Likhanahar has an onkar underneath it, which means it's talking about a single writer. Guru Sahib is saying there is no single author who can put pen to paper and write about this. They can't say it, they can't write about it. You know, we talk about Gungeki Mutiai, they can't say it. You say, well, maybe they can write it down for me. No. No writer can put pen to paper. Kagad kalam na likhanha. Kagad de utte. Kagad with sehari means kagad de utte. With a pen, kalam nal na likhanha. There is no writer. Some people have have described this line in English. You might see as saying no paper, no pen, no writer. But the spelling of paper and pen would then have onkar underneath them. Because you could say, na kagad, na kalam, na likhanhar. That there is no pen that can write this, there is no paper that can write this, there is no author that can write this. But the spelling of the words would then be different. Because kagad has a sihari, it means onto paper. So the only way to describe this in English would be that no author can put pen to paper to describe this. Kagad kalam na likhan haar Manne ka beh karan vichar And who is it that will attempt to write this status down? The people who sit down and who do vichar of this. The philosophers, the greatest thinkers, the greatest minds. Even the ones that sit down and discuss this. Manne ka beh karan vichar. The ones who sit down, beh means to bet, to sit and do vichar, to have discourse, to talk about this. Talk about the manne, talk about these people. Even all the great thinkers, the great philosophers, none of them can write paper, on paper, with a pen, about this level. Manne ka beh karan vichar. So we can say even amongst those who sit and discuss, yeah, the ones who sit and discuss, the ones who go into as much description as they can about the spiritual depth of these manne people, the people who are accepting, they will not be able to describe and they will not be able to write it down. So Guru Nanak Dev Ji isn't writing what 
they're at, who they are, how far they've reached. He says it cannot be done. Which means that Guru Granth Sahib doesn't contain a description of that final experience. Because the one having the experience has to disappear. How can you describe somebody who has disappeared? Who has dissolved completely into that oneness? Who is no longer left to describe? This is why all the people who met the Gurus and talked about the Gurus say you are the God of Gods, the King of Kings. Brahmgyanni Parmeshwar are. You can't say anything about the person, but you can just say that they are the divine themselves. So then at that point, every description isn't of that person, but is of the divine, because they are the divine. Harjan aisa chahiye jaisa har hi Show me that one servant who is like the divine themselves. So this is why manne ki gat kahi na jaye. Guru Nanak Dev Ji ends this verse Aisa naam niranjan hoi Aisa like this this is naam and niranjan this is what naam and niranjan is this is how naam will manifest this is how the niranjan being will manifest Let's think about those words a little bit. Naam. We've talked about Naam again and again. Naam is less to do with a word and more to do with your awakened state. Somebody who's in an awakened state, a state of awakenedness, awareness, somebody who is sensing the divine all the time, they are in Naam. In Hukam Name, you'll come across Naam Rate, the people who are just merged in Naam. It doesn't mean that they're merged in a word, they're merged in what that word is talking about. Naam is not just somebody who says the word ocean, ocean, ocean. Naam is somebody who is diving in the ocean, who is dissolved into the ocean. So Naam is the state of being wet in the ocean. Not just somebody who says the word ocean. And what are they singing of? Who's Naam? Sat Naam. The first description of Naam I always say is what you have to go back to. Whenever you're talking about Naam, it has to go back to the first time the word Naam was mentioned, which is Sat Naam. Sat means everything. All that exists, everything is Naam. Everything is Naam. The trees are Naam. The sky is Naam. All life is Naam. All planets, all stars, they are Naam. They're not planets and stars and trees and birds and animals. They are Naam. What is the difference? The difference is the way you look at them. You can either look at them in a sense of Maya, there's a tree, there's a bird. Or you can just see them all as just one thing. That is Naam. When you, everything that you look at reminds you of the ik. Everything that you look at, you see the ik. You don't see the thing, you see the ik that is behind it. That is Naam. 
And in order to be in this state, you also have to know that everything here is also known. And an accurate way to get into the state of Nam, to just know what Nam is, is to understand that Nam requires Na Me. When there is no Me, Na Me, then you have Nam. When there is Me, there is no Nam. When there is no Me, Na Me, Yeah, a beautiful shabad that I refer to again and again. Jab ham hote tab tu nahi. When I existed, you did not exist. Ab tu hi main nahi. Now you exist, I do not exist. As long as you exist, God cannot exist. As long as there is you. Reciting the Naam, then it isn't Naam. When the person reciting the Naam has disappeared, then it is Naam. Naame is needed in order for Naam to manifest. Then we get into the state, Aap Japai Japaiso Naam. When you allow Naam to be recited, then Naam is recited. Aap gavai so har gaun gao. When you sing, then singing happens. As long as it is me saying, come on God, come on God, come on God. Why, why haven't you come yet? Why haven't you arrived yet? Because there is a me waiting for God. When me is lost, as long as I'm there calling God, you'll never get God. Naam, now Guruji is saying, this is what Naam is. The people who are Mane, who cannot be described because they are no longer there, they are beyond everything, they are in Naam. They are Naam. This is what Naam is. And Guruji will go and describe this in a far more important way for us. Because he doesn't just say, Aisa Naam hoi. He says, Aisa Naam Niranjan hoi. So the word Anjan means illusion, Maya. That which you know through your senses. The Gyan Indriya. What you understand because of your senses is all Maya, is all Anjan. Nir Anjan is when you have known what is there behind the Maya, behind your senses. And Guruji says that this is what the oneness is in all the time. This is who it is. In the fifth verse, Guruji said, Thapya na jaye, kita na hoye, ape aap niranjan soye. It is not created. Nothing is done to bring it out. It is already there within you, ape aap niranjan soye. It's already there within you, but it's the bit beyond the Maya, within you. It is the bit behind the illusion, within you. 
It's the bit behind the senses. It's the knowledge that you get when you go beyond what you know through your five senses. When you go through that experience of deep listening and you just sit within yourself and you just notice what is there if there is no face, if there are no hands, if there is no body, if there is no mind, there are no thoughts, what is left? That which is left, what you will find, is the thing that you call I. And even I is a thought, is an illusion. If you just drop that label of I, what you will notice is that thing that you are calling I, if you no longer call it I, it's still there. That presence is what is left. That presence is you. That thing, when you go deep within yourself and look at the I and no longer call it I, don't call it me, just the thing that is there, the bit that is just there constantly, beyond Maya, beyond words, beyond desires, that soy, that being, that's what Guruji is saying, this is how it becomes manifest. So in this 45, Guruji was mentioning almost as like a goal. Yeah, there is this thing, tapyana joy. It is not created. Nothing is done to it. Kitana hoy ape ap It's just there. That's the goal. Guruji is saying. That's where we need to get to. Then Guruji says, if you get to it, what are the benefits of that? We're going back to this verse five now. There's a goal that ape ap and if you find it, you will get honor. Jin sevya tenapaya man. So there's the goal, there's the benefits of finding that goal, Jin Sevya Tin Payaman. There's the method how to get to it, Nanak Gaviya Guni Nidhan, that's how to get to it. So Guru has already covered all these things about how to get this Niranjan. Nanak Gaviya Guni Nidhan, Gaviya Sunya Man Rakhiya Pao, these are all the techniques, this is how you're going to get there. Then Guruji's gone into the Sunya, into the detail. Now, once you've gone through that Sunya journey, you'll know Asa Nam You have to go through that. You don't just read those words. You have to do that Sunya stuff. Yeah? You have to do that. There is no room for belief in Sikhi. There's no room for belief in any religion. Yeah? Belief is what we give to little children. Santa Claus, the Tooth Fairy, all these kind of things. That's what we give little children. Yeah? We have to grow up out of that belief system. You have to go in that journey. Tirath Navan Jao, Tirath Naam Hai. Tirath Antar Gyan, Shabad Vichar Hai. Yeah? This is the journey. And Guruji is saying, I go on this journey. Yeah? Tirath Nava, I go on this journey. Yeah? Jetisapama. If it pleases you, I will go on this journey. But it's an internal journey. Now, Guruji has gone through all of this to describe the detail, the level, how do you do this? Here Guruji is describing how do we recognize when you're there that you're in the state of Naam. Asa Naam Niranjan Hoi. This is how you will recognize the Satanam. How do you know when you've got there? This is the next line. Asa Naam Niranjan Hoi. 
जे को मन जाने मन कोए जे को मन जाने मन कोए two different spellings the first one is accept जे को if मन if one comes to accept if they come to know मन जाने they accept and they know within themselves those koi those few people you will only know nam you will only know this niranjan being if you know it within yourself if you know yourself to be that when you know yourself to be the divine when you know yourself to be akalpurk when you know yourself to be ik onkar then you will know now then you will know the divine being je ko man jaane if one has gone and seen it within themselves and they accept this is who i am this is what reality really is if one comes to accept the divine within their own self within their own mind their mind is now understood who they really are je ko man jaane man vich koi the one who knows within themselves they will be in a state of nam they will have found that niranjan where all theories have ended all philosophies all discussion has gone only experience will do